President Trump prepares to use his deal-making skills on North Korea after making good on his vow to slap tariffs on aluminum and steel imports. And a new bombshell involving the Trump attorney at the center of a porn star scandal. This is the State of America tonight. President Trump setting up what could be the summit of the century. President Trump said he would meet Kim Jong-un. When Kim Jong-un is looking at all of the cards on the table, this was a Hail Mary pass, and President Trump caught it. Would you speak to the leader of North Korea? I said, absolutely. Why not? I'll speak to anybody. There is no sign that we've seen that North Korea is going to simply walk away from its nuclear program. Another porn star is named in Stormy Daniels' legal battle with President Trump. I am highly confident that at all times, Mr. Trump knew exactly what was going on. Hello, I'm Joe Johns, live in New York, in for Kate Baldwin. This is the State of America tonight. Right now, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders is speaking from the White House briefing room. This comes after President Trump agreed to meet with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. We'll monitor that and bring you any highlights. After a wild few days in the West Wing, including staffing shakeups, trade war threats, and who could forget Stormy Daniels, President Trump is closing out his week with a pledge to go where no U.S. president has gone before, literally. In a stunning announcement, and after months of insults on and off Twitter, Mr. Trump has agreed to meet with North Korea's Kim Jong-un, the formal invitation coming by way of a delegation of South Korean officials who personally delivered the message to the White House. I told President, president Trump that in our meeting, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un said he is committed to denuclearization. President Trump appreciated the briefing and said he would meet Kim Jong-un by May. Mr. Trump will be the first sitting U.S. president to meet with his North Korean counterpart. South Korean President Moon says their sit-down is, in his words, almost miraculous. And for former U.N. Ambassador Bill Richardson, a historic development and a welcome one. In the many years, the eight trips I've taken to North Korea, this is unorthodox and unprecedented. I'm opposed to 95% of what the president does in foreign policy, but on this one, I'm supporting him. It's risky. We got to be properly prepared, and we cannot underestimate Kim Jong un. I'm concerned, yet at the same time, hopeful. And this news, which came on the heels of that tariff announcement, caught top administration staffers by surprise. Among them, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, who's currently in Africa, and said this about North Korea just yesterday. In terms of direct talks with the United States, and you asked negotiations, and we're a long ways from negotiations. I think it's, we just need to be very clear-eyed and realistic about it. Okay, so what a difference 24 hours can make. Now listen to what Tillerson's saying now. In terms of the decision uh, to engage uh, between President Trump and uh, Kim Jong-un, that's a decision the president took uh, himself. Uh, I spoke to him very early this morning uh, about that decision, and we had a good conversation. Uh, this is something that he's had on his mind for quite some time. 
You'll remember that just a few months ago, President Trump famously tweeted that Tillerson was, quote, wasting his time with a diplomatic approach to Kim Jong-un. Well, guess what? That's all in the past. And in Congress, words of caution and warnings for both sides. Up first, Senate Democrat Richard Blumenthal. The unpredictability and volatility of these two leaders is one of the risks that is entailed here. So the president needs to be encouraged to put together a diplomatic team. It's more than a reality show. It has to be really a meeting that provides a plan and a path forward to detailed negotiations. But Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger says the pressure is on the Kim regime. They've done this maneuver many times before where they simply try to buy time. Don't screw it up this time because the president is willing to talk with you. But if you break off talks with no concessions and no move towards denuclearization, I fear the only option after that point is a military option. A lot of risk there. Let's get straight to CNN White House reporter Caitlin Collins. Caitlin, all of this unfolded in really a matter of minutes and caught a lot of people off guard there at the White House. The president... As you see here, popped in the briefing room just moments before that announcement to alert the press. But, Caitlin, what details are we learning about this actual meeting? Mr. Trump says it'll happen by May. Any ideas where? Not a lot of details, actually, John. I mean, actually, Joe, uh, we're sitting here with the press secretary in the briefing room, and she wouldn't even commit exactly to that May timeline that was first offered by the South Koreans. And administration officials here at the White House later said that they would stick to that May timeline. Of course, that's not very far away from here. So it certainly uh, would put a lot of pressure on the White House to figure out when and where they could meet before then, who exactly would attend that meeting with the president. But it doesn't seem like the White House is committing to that timeline yet, because as we just heard from the press secretary, Sarah Sanders, she said that the administration would need to see some concrete actions on behalf of North Korea before the president did actually sit down with Kim Jong-un, which is certainly not what we were hearing last night. The president, uh, as we had heard, was given this invitation essentially by the South Koreans on behalf of the North Koreans, and the president accepted it. He was so excited, had this news, that he popped into the briefing room and told reporters there would be an announcement later on last night. Now, there was a bit of a scramble in between that, between where would they brief? Would it be the briefing room behind the presidential seal at that podium where Sarah Sanders addresses reporters every day? And they ended up going with the White House driveway here late last night. They brought out the South Korean national security advisor. So certainly a surprising scrambled turn of events. And uh, though it seemed like they had agreed to these conditions on meeting in May, uh, it sounds now like today the White House is offering a few more conditions on what that meeting would look like by saying that North Korea needs to take concrete action actions before the president actually sits down with Kim Jong-un. So we do have that. They are maintaining that they are keeping maximum pressure on North Korea in the meanwhile, and they are not letting up on those sanctions that they applied to North Korea earlier this year. But right now, Joe, there's a lot of mystery surrounding whether or not this meeting is actually going to happen. Well, and that's, I think that points to the next question, really, Caitlin. Can you talk a little bit about the risk the president is having uh, especially uh, going forward with a meeting like this before any real agreement is reached on denuclearization. Yeah, that's right. Actually, a reporter just raised those questions because the president does risk a lot by agreeing to meet with Kim Jong-un without setting any conditions 
to those meetings. That's certainly something that has foiled his predecessors for years. He's always made very clear he wants to outdo them. He thinks he can handle this situation better than they have in the past. But to be uh, very frank with it, Kim Jong-un is someone who has starved his own people, murdered his own people. He is a dictator. And so it raises the question of what does the president gain by sitting down with him? Is he skeptical that they could be pulling a fast one on the president here? And those are all the questions that are being raised to the White House right now, because it seems like the president accepted this meeting pretty quickly here, Joe. He wasn't even scheduled to meet with the South Korean officials yesterday. And then after they had briefed the national security advisor, H.R. McMaster, then the president met with them. Then they extended the invitation. And then he seemed to accept that invitation on the spot, which raised a lot of eyebrows here, Joe. And one thing I want to point out is John Bolton, that former U.S. ambassador who uh, is rumored to be a favored for the new national security advisor, was on Fox News this morning saying that he believes the president should meet with Kim Jong-un by the end of March. Wow. Well, this is a president who certainly goes with his gut, and this is a good example of that. Thank you so much for that, Caitlin Collins. A stunning development today involving Michael Cohen, the personal attorney to President Trump, who shelled out $130,000 to pay off an adult film star alleging an affair with the president a decade ago. CNN has learned that Cohen left a paper trail, and it leads back to his employer. Here is senior investigative reporter Drew Griffin to explain. This is more information, now documentation coming out, that Michael Cohen during the transaction that took place just days before the 2016 election, was using his own Trump organization email as a conduit to negotiate and to deliver some of these messages between this porn actress that they were trying to silence, the bank, and himself. And one former federal prosecutor tells CNN that this email throws a wrench into Cohen's claim that his boss's company was out of the loop. First of all, it says that he was lying when he told everyone that the Trump organization has nothing to do with the actual payment of it or the Trump campaign. That is now belied by the fact that you have a Trump.org email account being used. If he really did make that payment with the knowledge of the Trump organization, well, you have a campaign expenditure or contribution. Now, we should remind you of Cohen's statement just last month when he said, quote, neither the Trump organization nor the Trump campaign was a party to the transaction with Ms. Clifford and neither reimbursed me, meaning Cohen, for the payment, either directly or indirectly. Coming up, U.S. President Donald Trump surprised pretty much everybody by agreeing to meet with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. But now, is the White House prepared for this high-stakes meeting? Our panel... Ways in next. Sounds like the White House is preparing for a major meeting now that U.S. President Donald Trump has accepted an offer to talk with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. That meeting, if it is held, would mark a historic moment in the nearly 70-year standoff between the two countries. The panel tonight... Steve Rogers, member of the Donald J. Trump for President Advisory Board. Joan Walsh, National Affairs Correspondent for The Nation. Patrick Healy, analyst and New York Times Deputy Culture Editor. And Scott Jennings, CNN political commentator and former special assistant to President George W. Bush. And uh, I throw it out to all of you, but I'll start with Scott. Um, We just heard from Caitlin 
that things are changing and people are pushing for conditions before this meeting occurs. Perhaps the president prematurely accepted without talking to his advisors? Well, I think he did talk to advisors. I think uh, General McMaster was in the room. And as we heard uh, uh, Sarah Sanders say, there were some people from the State Department there as well. It does change the story today, uh, though. Last night we were hearing about a meeting that was going to happen, and now we're hearing about a meeting that might happen if conditions are met. I actually think it's probably more prudent to go down the path of getting some kind of concessions, verifiable concessions from the North Koreans before we validate Kim by putting him in the same room with the President of the United States. Ultimately, this is a good thing uh, for the country. We've been sitting here uh, at CNN for a lot of days during this presidency wondering, are we on the brink of nuclear war? And now the president seems to have found a way, at least temporarily, to ratchet down tensions. That's a win, whether this meeting happens or not. Mm -hmm. Super risky, Joan. Super risky, but I think worth the risk. I mean, I, as a Democrat, I think it's great that, uh, that we may be talking rather than insulting one another. But I do think Scott's right that, that the story changed a lot. Uh, last night, Sarah Sanders was not sure she was going to commit to the May date. Then she did confirm the May date. But suddenly there are these, these new conditions, behaviors that they would like to see that she didn't spell out. Uh, you know, so I, I, I do maintain some skepticism that this will happen and that if it happens, something important will come of it. But I certainly hope it does. The United States has gotten played often by North Korea. What's to make the president think we're not getting played this time? Well, he's a smart businessman, John. He is. He's not a politician. And uh, I believe that he's going to make sure that uh, we get what we want out of this. We know that the North Korean regime is in trouble financially. Uh, the pressure he has put on has working tremendously. And may I add, one thing that Jones said I think is really great. Democrat, Republicans, we're coming together because this is not a Democrat or Republican issue, John. It's an American issue, and that's a great thing. I will say, Joe, though, I mean, just not to disagree too much mm -hmm. with Steve, but I think it's, the, I think it's the, the staff who will figure this out beforehand. I think Tillerson, Mattis, and McMaster will make sure that they're coming up with some kind of concrete and verifiable steps, as Sarah Sanders said, uh, that will allow them to pull back, ultimately, if they right. feel like they mm -hmm. need to. I mean, that there'll be some kind of out here. I mean, President Trump, he is, he is a huge believer in the big flourish and the big moment. And as we all know, and I think we can admit, he's not someone who gets really hunkered down the details. So I think yesterday he wanted the news to be... I'm going to meet with Kim. I mean, that's sort of right, the way it is. It's a rough day until, until right. that day. Well, is that part of it? Is it the famous I don't know that he had any Trump control. Uh, you know, maybe, but I don't know that not he had any control. Not a bad thing, though, John. Yeah. Not a bad thing. He, yeah. was, he was pretty happy when he, he poked his head he, into the, yes, into the but, but room also, of the reporters. But you know, also, remember, we don't have an ambassador to South Korea yet. The person that he chose, they then decided, was, was too interested in negotiating and talking. So, you know, the, if this happens, it's actually quite a reversal, you know, for a president mm -hmm. who a few months ago was undermining his secretary of state and saying, oh, I don't think diplomacy with these guys is going to work. I don't think it's worth, it's worth mm -hmm. talking to them. So I don't know what he really what he really wants, what he really believes. And, and, and remember, even President Obama during his tenure said it's always good to talk. He right. actually yeah. said it. So now so, we have the president talk. Now, let's go back and just listen to some of the things the president has said about North Korea in the past. Here we go. There's a 10 percent or a 20 percent chance that I can talk him out of those damn nukes, because who the hell wants him to have nukes? North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. Are you willing to engage in phone talks with Kim Jong-un right now? Sure, I always willing to talk to him. Now, 
Number one, does anybody really think Kim is actually going to give up his nukes? Because this has been a generational thing in North Korea, and they've brought the country to poverty, not even the brink of it, uh, in order to build up this nuclear program. Now he's just going to throw it away? Should we believe that? Well, I think we should be skeptical of it. But one thing is clear. The sanctions and the international pressure is working. Uh, They are clearly hurting. Uh, We even heard some reporting yesterday that the trucks that come in from China have slowed down to almost nothing. And so the coalition of international partners here has, has really pinched the North Koreans. It strikes me that the Trump administration is having some success at convincing the North Koreans there's only two ways out of this box, denuclearize or face war with the United States. They have to believe there's a military option on the table. I think with this president, unlike previous administrations, they actually may believe it this time. Assuming this president does have this meeting with Kim Jong-un and assuming it's actually a break in the impasse between the United States and North Korea... How much credit does he get for coming in and being the tough guy? Because there have been so many other presidents who have approached this issue and really haven't been able to get any resolution. I think it depends on whether there's a view that he's being had a little bit. I mean, it really is. A, it's not clear between now and May, if they do meet in May, about what kind of you know concrete steps the North Koreans will have to take to get Donald Trump to the table. And there need to be steps for any kind of American president of either party to sort of credibly go into a meeting and say, we're going to have a serious conversation that isn't just going to be me being had, me being duped. And and the reality is the North Koreans, they have been dangling out these carrots to us for decades. That's the question. Uh, And President President Trump, the thing is, though, Joe, I mean, President Trump has been talking so much about denuclearization as sort of the the baseline, so it's unclear what else he would accept Mm -hmm. being at a meeting like that. And and the the thing that's really interesting about this is, in some ways... Uh, Kim gets a lot of what he wants just by sitting down with the president. Yeah, because at the end of the day, for that. the yeah. president is using a time-tested strategy: give your enemy an honorable way out, give him a way out without firing a shot. And the president, in in this strategic moment, is giving Kim a way out. And it's yet to be seen how far he's going. Steve, is there okay, any evidence? Is, is there any evidence at all that the Koreans no, would be serious about denuclearization, even I if get, they get right. an one out? minute, and then we'll come right back. <laughs> all right. Uh, coming up uh, from the very public meltdown of a former campaign advisor to new developments in a lawsuit involving a porn star. It's been a pretty busy week in the world of Trump. Our panel's going to weigh in on that. Coming up. This is Gary Cohn's last meeting in the cabinet and of the cabinet, and he's been terrific. He may be a globalist, but I still like him. And uh, where is Gary? You love our country. And he's going to go out and make another couple of hundred million, and then then he's going to maybe come back. He might come back, right? President Donald Trump there bidding farewell to his top economic advisor, Gary Cohn, earlier this week. He resigned after clashing with his boss on trade tariffs. And that's just one of many stories closing out a busy week for the White House. At the start of the week, it was all about a looming trade war. Trump went on to make those controversial tariffs official, alarming friends and foes alike. And who can forget this moment, the epic rant from a former campaign advisor over the Russia investigation 
And wrapping up the week with a shocking announcement on North Korea, Trump stunned the world by accepting an invitation to meet with Kim Jong-un. Now, so let's get back to the panel. Uh, How do we categorize this? Maybe I should just go around the table and ask, of those I mentioned or anything else that you think is important, what were the two top moments or stories of the week? You know, I think the Stormy Daniels, Stephanie Clifford story uh, really is heating up. I mean, at the very least, Michael Cohen is in a lot of trouble. There's Mm -hmm. new reporting now that he actually used his Trump organization email to email the settlement someplace. So, you know, we know that on the LLC he created, he used his own name. His his attempts to hide what he was doing failed miserably. Uh, We saw this week that Sarah Sanders got herself in trouble uh, for confirming that an an agreement did exist uh, so th- this story is not going away. What do you think? Get ready for my answer, yeah. guys. I really believe that they're irrelevant. The American people are concerned about their quality of life. You mean the, the Stephanie Clifford story? The whole works. You okay. know, Sam Nunberg. And by the way, I give... Well, I, yeah, even you Russia. Got, but you still the, uh, the tariff uh, story or yeah. cone, well, the which one? is part of quality of life, okay? Or, but the well, top story, North Korea? Oh, the, yeah, top story. This is big. This okay. is big because this is about peace mm-hmm. in the future for our children, our grandchildren. This is big. But all these other stories are nice sideshows, but people are concerned about the quality of life, their taxes, their jobs, and the president is doing magnificent. What do you think? Oh, meaningless? Okay. Stephanie Clifford, uh, Stormy uh, Daniels, a no, meaningless story? No, not meaningless. I mean, not meaningless because, like, much with President Trump, we don't ultimately know where it goes and where it ends mm-hmm. up. And because there's a potential of legal issues. There's a potential of legal mm-hmm. issues. Uh, you know, the, the, the shocking thing I think for a lot of us who, you know, were through, went through and covered the Lewinsky scandal mm-hmm. with President Clinton is just you just wonder what the bottom is here. I mean, honestly, like sort of how mm-hmm. bad can things get and how dirty can right. things get. And no one cares, and sort of what that says existentially. Or what okay. would make people care? Or what would make people care? I will just say the Gary Cohn story, I think, is important coming on the heels of Hope Hicks uh, resigning as well, because stability in the White House and President Trump having people around him who foreign allies, Republicans on the Hill, believe or, or thoughtful, steady influences yeah. is important, and they're gone. Big story the, that no one's mentioned, but I think is meaningful, ahead. is the economy. The booming jobs report this morning, a, a major increase in jobs over what was predicted, and also inside the numbers, 800,000 Americans rejoined the labor force. We've had a crisis of labor participation rate in this country. Uh, there's been an uptick in labor participation, which I think pretends... Uh, booming confidence that the economy is getting better and convincing people to come back into it. That's the key to growth. Stock and I think market it's, was and up I, and down, though. And, uh, well, but, but the stock market is not the economy. The economy for is the who's president, working. It's a big deal. Are wages going up? I want to see more upward pressure on wages. Right. But look, I think these tax cuts mm-hmm. and these regulatory fixes have really engendered confidence in people to get back to work. Nobody picks uh, Sam Nunberg. <laughs> it was the biggest story yeah. of that yeah. day. Yeah, we Irwin, a, it was yeah, riveting. Biggest media splash. You've got right. to give Irwin Burnett I mean, what a courageous woman to, on the air, challenge this guy. She said what everybody was thinking, and you know what? When she asked him if he was drinking. Yes, that was the one. I think that was a telling moment. Good for her. Yeah, so, but uh, in the future, are we going to refer to the full Numberg as somebody melting down? He ultimately met with the special uh, counsel. He, right. he, he didn't wait, follow through on right. the made He made all these Wait for the book. Right. We know it's yeah. coming. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I, I will argue that we had to pay attention to it because here was a former campaign manager threatening not to comply uh, with, with this special counsel. That is news. He strung us along, various networks for a whole yes. day, and then mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think probably a little that is Sam, and a lot of the reporters, we all sort of right, knew right, that. Right. I mean, uh, you know, we have dealt with him before, and he's 
uh, you know, a volatile figure, let's say. But I actually think right. Scott's uh, right, though, in terms of just the economy, real quick. Mm-hmm. Just with the midterm elections right now, and in yes. states where Republicans are, you might be in some danger, the mm-hmm. thought of a Democratic wave coming out. The economy and these numbers, you know, right. are just, are just sort of good news. Drops in PA. Yeah. Moving uh, very well. But as I mentioned, the president always used the stock market as a gauge of the success of his administration. It was down, but uh, the bigger picture is that the right. economy is uh, percolating along. It wouldn't take much for him just to talk about right. jobs. You bet. You know, that's the thing. This is my metric. Why, right. Vice, President Vice President Pence is on the road doing tax cut and jobs events everywhere. I think there's some people that get it. Talking about go. the economy helps some, stave some, off the right, blue wave. It. All right, that's what i got to leave it there. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Have a good weekend. This is day 414 of President Trump's administration. That's the State of America tonight. Check out our podcast. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. And we'll see you here back back here next week.